0: Start on Demand. demand.
1: Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, you just heard it in Jeff Braun's newscast 30 years ago today. Nirvana's Nevermind came out, and you could look at it from one of two ways. One, I can't believe it's been 30 years. I feel old. Or two, wow, what a great time for music. That was a crazy month, Loren.
2: Look at it like it takes you back to wherever you were that age, and I'm thinking I'm pretty sure it was the Discman I had purchased for a friend, and we had a party, and I think this CD was in it, and then yeah, like I, I so that would make me. What year is that? Thirty years ago? Days? Ninety-one? Ninety-one? Fourteen is what I was thinking. Fourteen, yeah. Pretty sure it was. No, we weren't having a party then, but there was a disc man, and that
1: makes me laugh. <laughs> Are you? Sure? Are you like covering your tracks? Oh, we we weren't having a party.
2: Well, we never had parties at my house, but we did at my in-laws a lot. when I- Younger and they listen all the
3: time. (laughs) No party, no party. (laughs) Just so it's clear, there was no party in 1991. Not until we were
2: adults and very grown up, okay, everyone? Right. Gosh, live radio. I gotta remember that.
3: But that,
1: like, looking at so Power ninety seven about a month ago, they put together this little graphic that just shows. How intense that month was for yeah. music. So 29 days in nineteen ninety one. On August twenty seventh, Pearl Jams ten. On September third, Guns and Roses, Use Your Illusion one and Two. Uh September tenth, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic. September seventeenth, Soundgarden. Um what is the name of that? Was it bad uh motorfinger? And then you've got Nirvana, never mind. Um those,
3: all five of those albums were gigantic, G-Mac. Yeah, and they stood the test of time. They're some of the best albums, some of the best music ever made. Whether you like it or not, <laughs> that is the case. And, you know, for as much as I love Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl, I was never really that much in to Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do remember the very first time I heard Smells Like Teen Spirit at VA and the mm-hmm. flipping dance floor just filled up. It's like what am I missing out on here? So I did some (laughs) investigating because I bought Pearl Jam 10 quite early uh, in its release and and absolutely loved Pearl Jam but just couldn't get into Nirvana and then for some personal reasons a buddy of mine uh, someone I grew up with struggled with depression and ended up taking his own life um, in the early 90s and he was obsessed with Kurt Cobain and yeah. and he took his own life not long after Kurt Cobain took his own life and so that always left a bad taste in my mouth with regard to Nirvana but my love affair with Dave Grohl has allowed me to sort of re examine and, and reintroduce myself to Nirvana. And how can you argue as some of the best music ever made?
1: Yeah, that was, uh, it, the, I think of the Red Hot Chili Peppers album. Used to go to my buddy Kent's place all the time, he had it. And we would listen to it. It had some salty language in some of the songs, and it came with the parental advisory sticker on the front. So I, <laughs> that's I, I, right, those
2: stickers. I, I Did wanted that to draw buy... you
1: to it. Well, no, but I, well, no, I didn't. We just the music was awesome. But my mom, she had a problem with that. I wanted to buy it, and she said, "Well, hold on a second. Isn't that one of those parental advisory things?" And I said, "Well, yeah. Well, then I don't think you should have it." And I said, "Mom, I've already listened to this album like fifty times with my friends. What difference does it make if I own it?" If I, I'm just gonna go. If I, you don't let me buy it. I'm just gonna go listen to it anyway. So what's the point? Thanks and, to Pergore. Yeah. So she kind of, I, I got her there. I she, I think she, I remember her saying, "Well, you got me." So <laughs> I still I like got that. Her, I like
2: her stance, though. She tried. You know, you're it's tough with teens.
1: Well, she I guess she probably just, I, I don't even know if she knew what kind of music it was. She probably thought it was some sort of a rap album. And some of the rap music that I listened to mm-hmm. that she caught me listening to, mm-hmm. I definitely should not have been listening to when I was 11, 12 years old. Uh, that's, then when I, was, when I was 14, she got excited about that. But,
2: yeah. Then there's the legacy of the Use Your Illusion albums and how you'd get stuck at a dance in November rain for 12 minutes with somebody. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that, it's, that song goes on forever. Did I don't it, know if it's 12 minutes. No, I'm looking it up. It's 8 minutes and 57 seconds. Still feels, too long for a it dance. Like, yeah. Minutes. It, they made a great video out of it, but the dance was, yeah, you suddenly get out there and you'd be like, no offense, man, but I don't want to dance with anyone this long.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, what if you if it's somebody you don't want to dance with, period, <laughs> and then they ask you to dance for November rain, but you're, you're too nice to say no That would be tough. That would be tough. So feel free to share your musical memories at 204-780-6868. And, hey, you know what? This is a good week to pull out those old tunes because the forecast, Greg, you came in and said, have you seen the forecast? And you usually don't talk
3: about the weather, but wow. Holy smokes. It's summer-like starting on Sunday. We sort of ramp up from Sunday to next Friday, bracketed by 23 degrees temperatures in between Monday and this is just rough numbers 27 28 29 tuesday 27 26 on wednesday and then thursday friday 23 saturday 20 like it just absolutely fantastic what an incredible way to wrap up not august but to wrap up september it's been a- i
2: think greg talks about the weather quite a bit you think he doesn't come in and i, f- I feel like he texts about the weather the most that's what i'm derailed by sorry
1: no maybe you're right maybe you're right <laughs> Uh, I don't know why I said that.
2: I don't know who else suggests talking about the weather more than Greg. He (laughs) loves the weather.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, But the forecast is good. (laughs) This has been a great month.
2: That's all I could hear. You're like, he never comes in. I'm like, oh. Then I start going through my text, I'm like, today he mentioned it. I mentioned it Tuesday. doing it on,
4: on audit. He mentioned it last text. Friday. I
2: think,
3: mentioned- I think you're exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> we just get, uh, we'll get
1: Grissom in here to, to dust for fingerprints in the, the digital. Yeah, uh, how
5: often
2: does he go to Environment Canada's website? That's what we need. I'm confiscating
3: all your digital devices. <laughs> I want a forensic audit done from that perspective, okay? <laughs> uh, so,
2: I'm not the one making any claims here, and I know Brett want, made one on your behalf. Yeah. Anyway, the, the weekend looks good, and I'm glad when you bring it up because I don't often look ahead, and I regret it because then I don't make the right plans. So I thank you, okay? Sunscreen. You're welcome.
1: Sunscreen. Incorporate those into your plans. How's that? <laughs> Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. The province of Alberta continues its battle with COVID-19.
3: Yeah, and some might be asking why. We are taking time to focus on this right now. Uh, Look, Alberta is not a world away. It is a place where some of us have lived and worked in the past. In fact, there are Manitobans who work in Alberta right now, working there today, and their families live here in Manitoba. Many of us love to visit Alberta on holidays, to visit our friends, our family We love its natural beauty and wonderful places. So to see what's happening there is difficult to process for so many of us. And Alberta's chief medical officer, Officer, Dr. Dina Hinshaw, delivered these statistics yesterday.
5: In the last 24 hours, we have identified 1,660 new cases and completed about 18,000 tests. Our positivity rate was about 9.4%. Currently, 1,058 people are being treated for COVID-19 in hospital, including 226 in the ICU. 100% of new ICU admissions were in Albertans who did not have any vaccine protection. Sadly, I must announce that 17 new deaths were reported to Alberta Health in the last 24 hours. My condolences go out to the loved ones of these individuals And to all who have lost a family member or friend to any cause during this pandemic. As with the deaths reported earlier this week, while a small number of these individuals were double vaccinated with pre-existing health conditions, most were not vaccinated at all. So according to Dr. Verna Yu, who is the President and CEO of Alberta
2: Health Services, as of yesterday, 45 people have been admitted to Alberta ICUs in the previous two days. Dr. Yu also made this
6: startling pronouncement. Our hospitals and in particularly our intensive care units continue to experience unprecedented patient demand. As of early afternoon, there are 310 Albertans in ICU of which 226 patients have COVID-19. We have never ever had that number of total patients in ICU before, never with the prior waves and never in the history of this province. And each day we see a new high. Yesterday alone, we had 22 Albertans who were admitted to our ICUs with COVID. The day before we had 23, and over the past five days, the average number of COVID ICU admissions have been more than 23 per day. It's tragic that we are only able to keep pace with these sort of numbers because in part, some of our ICU patients have passed away. And this reality has a deep and lasting impact on our ICU teams. With that in mind, I should also note that in the past two days, our teams have managed to move 18 patients out of ICU, which means that these patients no longer need that critical level of care and are hopefully on the long road to recovery.
2: Never, ever had that number of patients in the ICU before, not during COVID, not during any of the waves, never in the history of the province. When you hear her go on to then say that the only reason they're able to keep their head above water is sadly because people are are dying and that's freeing up space, that's just beyond shocking. So if those numbers don't resonate for people there or people here who are still wondering what this is all about, it's all about the ICUs and going to the hospital and not being able to get the care you want. Not with COVID, with anything that you need. After seven, we're going to look at some numbers here in Winnipeg. We're not we're not in what Alberta is in right now, but the legacy of what we went through in the third wave is hitting us hard. We have nurses that are quitting. We know that morale is really low. Can you imagine the morale of the nurses in Alberta right now? Like no. I I can't imagine what they're going through. So no. we're talking here in Winnipeg about the legacy of of what we went through, the impact it's having. There are people who are going to hospital now who are leaving without getting the care they need because. The waits are so long. That's where we're at now, too. We have to have some serious discussions. And I think, Greg, it's only right to look at Alberta because what's happening there, we all worry about what's coming here, but we worry about our loved ones there as well.
1: Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Jets report with John Shannon coming up at 6.55. We got a $20 gift certificate for Santa Lucia pizza. And we need you to text us a story On getting locked out. Locked out of your house, locked out of your car, locked out of work, whatever. Maybe you locked yourself out of your locker at the gym and had to run down to the counter and just a towel. (laughs) Um, Like I did at the Y downtown. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they had to bring in these giant bolt cutters. (laughs) and i was late for work good times um but uh greg what happened last night
3: uh, well i took the boys out for a little bit of supper that was an adventure all in itself that i will not get into but we get home and we've got um we've got the security system from the people with the orange circle i won't use their name on the air but we've been having a little bit of problem with the electronic keypad to get into the house and so sure enough, we get home and the batteries are dead or the little pack that holds the batteries is not making contact properly. Go to enter the code in the front door. There's no beeping. There's nothing going on. Okay, no problem. We'll just use the garage door. Enter the code, nothing. So I press the little button, uh, the little app on my phone, still nothing. And it's k- 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 making a noise. I'm like, Brendan, did you park your bike improperly? Like, is that oh, Come on, Dad. Why would I do that? Will not open. So, long story short, I will not divulge how I got into the house for obvious reasons. But it was quite the adventure. I imagine to get into the house, go inside. So, not only has my electronic technology failed me, one of those giant springs on my garage door has snapped. So, I've got to replace that now. So, the good old physical mechanical technology has failed me. As has the digital technology, and uh, now I'm I'm really person not persona non grata in my house right now with my wife. She's like, you got to get these things fixed. This is this is ridiculous. So there we are. All right, GMAC
1: inspired the topic, so let's give her go around the horn here, Mr. Poitras. Why don't we start with you?
4: Well. Uh- the, the worst that I'd ever been locked out was when I was working in Drayton Valley and uh, I got to, I locked myself and it was a crazy system I had my my house keys separate from my work keys for whatever reason and of course that leads to a disaster so I locked myself out of my house, and I couldn't also get into the station, so I was completely stuck because I lost both of the key. I left both of the keys inside, and it was just, it was crazy. I can't actually explain it, uh, but I, I didn't, so we, anyways, we, we didn't get in until, I didn't get into about 7.30. I was calling my program director, calling my program director, couldn't get in, and we ended up missing the birthday book, and if you're ever in the town of Drayton Valley and you're listening to the radio station there, the birthday book is like the biggest thing of all time. You get a free <laughs> cake if you have your name called during the birthday book out of this draw, and believe me and, and in like a small town radio the birthday book is it's, it's it's like sacred ground you can't mess with it and if you miss somebody on the birthday book believe me they let you hear it you know I put my name in uh, a few weeks in advance and uh, she was my, my little niece was sitting by the phone uh, sitting by the radio and she didn't hear her name called and she was so disappointed oh I'm so sorry you know it's such a mix, mix up here's your cake um, but uh, yeah it's it don't don't ever miss the birthday book in the small town radio
1: hey birthday's an anniversary it was a big deal on our wake up, weekend wake-up once upon a time at yeah. CJOB. We, we also had kids' riddles, and I filled in as host, I think, for one weekend, and I botched the uh, timing. I miscalculated, and, we, and instead of leaving seven minutes for the segment, I left, like, 90 seconds. So we had one kid on the air, and that was it. And then I had a, a, phone, a full phone bank of angry parents. My child's been waiting for a half hour to get in for kids' riddles, and you, you're a jerk. You're a monster. Anyway. Uh, monster! (laughs) uh, what about you loren
2: oh please like name something that i haven't (laughs) locked myself out of that would be a better game i can't i can't think of a place a car i've owned anything that i haven't locked out myself out of our cabin at the lake i'm not used to carrying keys around like you know we often have garage entry or whatever you have to have the keys but I, i don't use them often at home but at the lake you need the cabins or you need the keys and um this summer I was going for a walk with my friend and my husband and the kids were gone on a bike ride and he had one set of keys and I had the other and you know that moment like as soon as you shut the door you're like ugh <laughs> and I knew I'd left the keys inside. Now I hope my parents aren't listening forget, forget my husband's parents. So then I'm like oh my gosh what are we going to do and she's like don't worry we got this we walked around we looked at the cabin sure enough one of the windows you know that's at about the height of my head I, I left the window open like with just the screen. So we go get a tool, we slowly peel back the frame around the window, like popping it off so that we could peel back then the screen carefully, carefully so that we can put it all back together afterwards. And then we grabbed a chair and she hoisted me on her shoulders where I went feet first into the window, kind of like on a conveyor belt of her body, like riding it down, just she shoved me through the window and and we're laughing the whole time. And the best part is tons of people are walking by like, and not one person is thinking to themselves. This girl is fully breaking into this cabin. Should we say something? Like they stopped and watched, but said nothing. And then I got in and I was so pumped, like, ta-da, check it out. Get back out there, grab a hammer, get a couple staple guns, slowly peel the screen back over like nothing ever happened. Next day, my father-in-law shows up, takes a look. He's like, what happened to this window here? I'm like, what?
7: Oh, that is dynamite. Uh, Jeff Braun, what about you? Uh, For me, it was a a friend's wedding at the Travel Lodge on Furmore 12 or 13 years ago now. And I was a groomsman, and I was sharing a room with one of the other groomsmen. And the party went late into the night, and eventually around 2 a.m., I returned to the room. Uh, Tom wasn't there yet. I don't know where he was. And I just, you know, start undressing to go to bed. And I get my jacket and my shirt off, and then I heard a noise out in the hallway, and it's like, oh, what was that? And I went to investigate shirtless, and the door closed behind me. And the key was inside, so I was stuck in the hallway of the Travel Lodge bareback at 2 a.m. And I had a moment there wondering, well, how am I going to get out of this pickle? I'm going to have to just walk up to the front desk without a shirt on and ask for a replacement key. And I wasn't looking forward to that at all. And I was sitting there stewing about it for a moment. And then I heard uh, the voice of my friend, Tom, just yelling from across down the hall, JB, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) You lost your mind my God, you're in public, you know that, and this sort of thing. But luckily he had the key, so I got to go back into the room and didn't have to go to the front desk without a shirt on. I'm
1: sure they've seen worse at the at the front oh. desk of the hotel. Uh, but that, yeah, that, that 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 instant moment of panic is the worst. What about you, Producer Sky?
8: I used to think that the worst place you could get locked out of is your email, and uh, that was until our polo park... In- I had an p- incident at our polo park uh, location where I was still on the street team. So I would go early and load up the things. And I don't know if you guys know where we used to keep all this stuff. It was like in the bowels of the building. It was in like the basement. And it was in like a sketchy elevator that only your key card works sometimes. And you can get secret access to different floors if you had a different key card. But I didn't have the se- I thought I had the secret special key card and I didn't. And I forgot mine completely. So... No. I was in the basement and you would need a key card to get in the stairwells too, which I discovered as I was frantically running up the stairs. And so I was locked in the basement and I decided the best place to be was the elevator. I also tried, I had my phone, but there's no reception down there. Oh my word. So I was stuck and I thought, this is it. I'm going to (laughs) be in this elevator forever. (laughs) (laughs) So I just sat, I was like, just, I just decided to be very sad and sit in an elevator And I, I thought it was like two hours, but I later found out it was like twelve minutes. But (laughs) Kyle Milroy, who parked in the parkade, opened the elevator, and I have never. I am happy to see him on a good day. (laughs) I was, I was ecstatic to see him that day. I got out, and he he did not know why I was freaking out. (laughs) I was like Kyle, and he saved me just because he parked his car.
1: Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you very much for all of your tech so far on stories of getting locked out for a chance to win $20 gift certificate for Santa Lucia Pizza. We'll give it away just after 9.15. Reminder, we're going to find our uh, first qualifier for Backyard Bullseye with Winnipeg Final Fencing at... Eight fifty. But in the meantime, great story, Greg, from Gary on Getting Locked Out.
3: When I was younger and living with three other guys, I came home from the bar late one night and had no keys to get in. I banged on the door and no one responded. So I went, went around to the side of the house, kicked in the basement window and climbed in. Just as I got in, I hear a crash of broken glass and look to see one of my roommates kicking in the other basement window. We hit a key after that night. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. Uh, So keep them coming for a chance to
1: win. And we'll share more of them throughout the morning on the start. In the meantime, we got to talk about how wait times continue to be a problem in Winnipeg hospitals. So bad in some places, there are a growing number of people choosing to just leave rather than Wait and be seen by a doctor.
3: So right now at Health Sciences Centre, the wait in the ER is seven and a half hours. At Children's Emergency, it's nine hours. They've been an issue, these waiting times, for several months now. And in August, Chief Nursing Officer Lynette Siragusa explained that there were a combination of factors, Loren, including staff shortages.
2: But we're talking about this this morning because we're we're looking at that category that's called leaving without being seen. So in August of 2019, 689 people left without being seen at the HSC. So back then that represented about 11% of the total number of people in the ER. So 11% of people in August were just, you know, forget it. I'm out of here. Well, in that same month last year, that number jumped to 16.3%. And then this year, August of this year, 24%. So 24% of people in the ER in August left without being seen. That went from 11% two years ago to 24% now. So that's double the number of patients leaving without seeing a doctor. And this makes me think of several concerns. One Yeah, you you might argue, okay, if they're in the ER and they're leaving, then how bad could it have been? But there are so many things that bring people to the ER that require being checked so that it doesn't become a problem down the road. You might have chest pains and be in there and really feeling not well. And then, you know, they might go away for a little bit and you think, okay, forget it. I'm out of here. I don't want to wait to see a doctor. But if you had, they might have ordered tests that show there is a problem that prevent something further down the road. I know people who have had allergic reactions, particularly with wasps this year. Rush to the ER um, because they're having breathing and swelling and difficulties. Well, then they get in there and there's like thirty people ahead of them, and they wait and they wait and then the symptoms go away. but but sometimes you can have like that double anaphylactic shock where you can have a resurgence of things. and you go home and now you're ill at home. And so Greg, when I see that the number of people leaving without being seen has doubled, In two years, I think we should be really concerned about that data.
3: I don't disagree with you at all. And with all the changes with regard to how the ERs are set up and the urgent care centers that have been established at Seven Oaks and Concordia versus their ERs, it is obviously something that's, uh, I don't know. Not working might be a stretch. Uh, Maybe it is the fact that COVID-19 has taken so many resources from the ER. Maybe it is a factor that we have people doing jobs that they normally would be doing in the emergency departments, doing them elsewhere. Uh, But we need some answers on that. But this isn't new. I can tell you this. Uh, Six, seven years ago, I phoned an ambulance Uh, because I, honest to goodness, thought I was having a stroke. And the ambulance came, and the ambulance attendant, the paramedic, thought I was having a mini-stroke, a TIA. They took me to Concordia Hospital. With that information delivered, that information in hand, I waited six and a half hours in the ER before a doctor even came and spoke to me. I had to threaten to leave before a doctor came and spoke to me. What is it? What do they say? T I A? Yeah, it's a mini stroke, basically. Okay. And so, like I said, that was the that was the surmission or or the thought, the theory of the paramedic. And so that had to have been delivered to somebody in that ER. And to imagine that I, I sat there that long with a potentially serious condition or situation like that and nobody came to see me uh, was frightening to me at the time. And to imagine that 24% of the people attending the ER left without being seen, that that's shocking. That That's horrifying. Okay, so let's say you need care
1: and uh, maybe you shouldn't be at an ER. Maybe uh, the urgent care is uh, the right spot for you. But what if accessibility... Is an issue like what uh, the urgent care is? There's um, Victoria, mm-hmm. is one. Yep. Where, what's the other one? C-
2: Concordia was moved to an urgent care, and so okay. is Misericordia. Okay. Or sorry, Seven Oaks Seven, rather. Seven so They closed uh, the urgent care. Misericordia is closed. Yeah. So oh. Seven Oaks, Concordia, and Victoria are now urgent care. And on that front, I still think they struggled to do a good job, and maybe Manitobans need to do, step up too and understand where they're supposed to be. Like if you break your leg, where you're supposed to go versus. Um, you know, an urgent care versus an ER. That's sad. once you show up in that room, they can't tell you to go somewhere else. Like once you've been spoken to a nurse, their job is to see you. I, I went to with my child years ago to Victoria and waited three hours for him to be seen and then got in there and, and they ran an IV and they said, just so you know, we can't treat him. All children have to go to Children's Hospital. And I'm like, well, why didn't someone just say that? Like I went to the nearest urgent care. Like I went to the nearest doctor because that's made sense to me. Just get them seen by someone. And then they were thinking, well, why can't someone tell you, Hey, you know what? You might be better off to do this, but then they're culpable for other reasons. If they don't see you right then and you get to the wrong space. So I don't know. I feel like part of the problem too is that we're not explaining. We don't understand well enough which place we're supposed to go. Personally, I don't know about you, Brett. I'm just going to what's closest. I think that's what most people would think.
1: Yeah, that's why I was trying to wonder where where are the, I couldn't remember where the urgent cares were. uh, Because if you're, let's say you're downtown or somewhere in the center of the city and you don't have a car, might be like going to Victoria could be a potentially non-starter for some people if you're closer to HSC, for example.
3: Well, if you have to make a consideration, how much does a cab cost? Am I phoning to wake somebody up in the middle of the night? To take me for a ride? Am I going to do that? What if you know a lot of us uh, talk ourselves out of calling an ambulance, calling people for help? I just I've always believed, uh, without getting too long-winded here, as I'm apt to do, I've always believed that the triage process at these facilities could be much stronger, and that they could say, you know what, Ms. McNabb, Yes, here's what we think is going on. We can get you in to see a family doctor in your neighborhood tomorrow morning at this time. Does that is that something you'd like to do? Or there are openings at this urgent care center. You would be more appropriate to go there And technology should allow us to do a lot more than just have people sitting, waiting to get behind the magic curtain and for somebody to say, here's what's going on with you. I think that there are steps that could be happening before that.
1: Mackling McGarry and McNabb just got an email from Kevin. Who has the word "matrix" in his email address? So right away, that's ingratiating himself to me because the Matrix is my favorite movie. Uh, Kevin, that's
2: how I get you to answer my emails. I'll just change my email
3: address. <laughs> Subject line: <laughs> <laughs> Matrix trailer
1: released. <laughs> just throwing the word "matrix" and brett got you've got Brett's attention, Kevin. So we're talking about. Times you got locked out. Kevin says, I used to teach at a school in small town, Manitoba. About 10 years ago, we had a snow day. Heavy snow, strong blowing winds, no kids, but we still had to come into work. I lived across the street from the school, so I suited up and waded through waist-deep drifts to come in the back door with my key for 8 a.m. I was the only one able to get there that early, so I went into the office took off my ski pants and snow-covered parka, grabbed the hex key to go into the foyer and unlock the front doors. The doors were through those push bar doors that you can lock uh, or open with the hex key. So I went through the first set, ready to unlock the outer set of doors. And as the inner doors, which I didn't unlock the the bars on first, they closed behind me. And I realized my school keys, which would get me back through the inner doors, (laughs) and my house keys were still in my jacket pocket, which was sitting on the desk in the office on the other side of the doors from me. So I couldn't get back in the school. I couldn't get back in my house, and I had no jacket to brave the conditions outside. So no problem, I thought. Someone will be here soon. Soon was two and a half hours later. So I keep my eyes and my eyes on my keys and my keys in hand at all times.
2: (laughs) I've been thinking I need... Well, you know how like you can put mittens on strings uh-huh. in your coats; so you don't lose the mittens? You know what like we used to, to call
3: those when we were kids, right? Can I say it on the air? No,
2: I don't think you can. Okay. But I need that for my keys in my wallet. Like some sort of like... Fuse them to my skin.
3: Somehow. <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to say it. We called them idiot strings.
2: <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm not going to lie. I actually bought a pair of those about 15 years ago and I looked ridiculous, but I didn't lose my mitts all winter. I was like a 30 year old woman walking around with mittens on strings. I need that for my keys and wallet.
1: Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, the question of the day at CJOB.com, and let this music go for a minute here, Sky, has to do with music of these albums released during a month-long period in 1991, including Nirvana's Nevermind, which turns 30 today. Which is the best? Pearl Jam 10, Guns and Roses, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, Soundgarden, Bad Motor Finger or Nirvana, Never mind. Cast your vote. CJOB.com for Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace at 204-832-6243. And I just got to quickly read this text from Johnny on getting locked out because he, this is some serious golf commitment. Johnny says, a few years back, a close friend of mine came back to Manitoba for their weekly, yearly visit. As usual, we go for a few rounds of golf. Taking the day off early, I readied myself for the afternoon of driving the golf cart from one side of the course to the other, and I hop in my truck. Crap! No golf shoes. So I'm walking back to the house. Crap! No keys. Wife was still at work. I couldn't be late for the tea time, so I kicked my back door open, and I had to reframe it the next day.
3: That's commitment to a tea time. I wish some of my friends would have commitments like that. <laughs> Anything for golf. Not be
2: happy about that.
3: <laughs> he fixed it the next day. It's
1: all good. Way to go, Johnny. Great story. Keep them coming. 204-780-6868. In the meantime, concerts are back. Festivals are back.
2: Other events slowly coming back. Sports! The sportsings are back! <laughs> I was glad you read it that way. I felt like that channeled you well. It was a joy to be at uh, my first Blue Bombers game like, a few weeks ago, and so I can just relate to that feeling, that anticipation of going to a live event. And this Sunday, I think it's safe to say there's going to be thousands with ear-to-ear grins on their faces, maybe with masks, but they'll be smiling for the first Jets game with fans in 18 months and with those fans a sound we haven't heard in a long, long time. So good to hear that. I think that's from the Whiteout out a few years ago. Greg, I think it's safe to say that it's going to be great to see the fans, but it's going to be great to hear that O Canada again.
3: Oh boy, but spine tingling and excitement abound. Stacey natris Brown is the voice in that clip along with 15,000 plus who were singing along. How pumped are you, Stacey? <laughs> well, listening to that got me extra super pumped.
9: Um I'm 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 very excited. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh, a long time coming, and to say I've missed you know singing to a room full of of humans. Um, not that there were humans in the arena last year, but it sure <laughs> was different not having fifteen thousand people around you.
1: <laughs> is there, is, are you nervous thinking about it? Like, is it's you know, it's it's something you haven't done for so long. You know, yeah. just being. I, I find I, even being around in a room of ten people is kind of weird, <laughs> right?
9: Yes, yes. I I am nervous. Like I'm not nervous right now. The day of, I always get like the the nerves before I sing. But uh, right now it's just anticipation, excitement. Um, yeah, the anticipation of of joy. Like I'm really excited for for having fans in the building again and and singing to people and and maybe hearing them sing with me. That would be amazing
2: (laughs) I think you just hit it there Stacey joy right like when we think about all the things we've been missing in our life the sights and sounds and being around people and Brett referenced the challenge of just being in a room with 10 people and he's right like we're just so not used to all these things and suddenly wow you're stepping right into that rink Sunday with that amount of fans in the audience singing a song that you know it's not like you you don't know the song you don't know the routine but it's so very different I mean when you think about comparing it to just the spring. When you were singing with a handful of people, you can't, it's, there's something about the infectiousness in a room when there, you're seeing face-to-face the reactions.
9: Oh, there really is. Like, last year, um, I was singing with my backs to the players up in the, the lounge area to a couple of camera people, and, like, there, there might have been a dozen people in that space tops. Like, I think it was less. And it was dead quiet, um so it was it was very surreal and um and nerve-wracking in that sense that i'm the only sound in the building right now there's a comfort with the hubbub of of everybody excited and singing with you like i feel like it's a big warm hug <laughs> and it felt very isolated last year
3: <laughs> you obviously uh teach music yourself stacy what is it mm-hmm. about music that that brings us together. Brett just rattled off the, the list of albums that were released over a thirty one day period back in nineteen ninety one. Music of our lives. What is it about music that just connects us on a on a on a different level?
9: Well, I think you you've hit the nail on the head there. Is that it it's a, it connects us because it's a universal language. Um, one of the cool things in my class this year, I actually have uh, a new student from Vietnam and two students from Japan, and they have fit right in because it is a language that um, that they know. Even if they don't know English, the, they know the music part, and so it's connecting that way. Um, and then, you know, in in terms of rallying behind your team and, and singing your national anthem, all of that comes into play, too. But just the act of singing, like it's... Um, there's something just integral to our soul, um, I believe, that when we sing, we just feel connected to to our, our true self and to one another.
1: Do you fear that emotions might run a little too high while you're singing? Are you able to contain that? Oh. <laughs> like, like, like I guess what I mean is, do you think you might cry? Uh,
9: right. I know what you're saying, and and I hope, n- I hope not. But if I do... Um, maybe everyone else will sing for me. (laughs) But I, I, yeah, I I think I'll be able to contain it. But you know, I think afterwards, I may have a tear or two. And um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be really wonderful.
2: I say tear up, right? I think lots of us will. I almost teared up just listening to the old anthem, let alone what's coming this weekend. So I look forward to it so very much, Stacey. Thank you.
9: Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure talking to you, and I'm so excited to get this season going and so excited to see all of the Winnipeg fans out again and Manitoba fans. Um, they really are the best in the NHL, and I'm so um, privileged to get to stand there and lead them in our anthem.
1: Stacey Natris brown joining us live on 680 CJOB. Ready to sing O Canada in front of fans for the Winnipeg Jets preseason opener Sunday at Canada Life Centre. Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. Thank you for playing the uh, Nirvana. That's a good reminder that our question of the day at CJOB.com has to do with music, because today is the 30th anniversary of Nirvana's Nevermind. So the question is, of these albums released during a month-long period in 1991, including Nirvana's Nevermind, which turns 30 today, which is your favorite? Pearl Jam 10, Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, Soundgarden, Bad Motor Finger, or Nirvana. Never mind. And so far, GNR leading the pack at 54% with Nirvana. Coming in in second place at uh, 29%. Pearl Jam with eight. Red Hot Chili Peppers with eight. No votes yet for Soundgarden. Question of the day for Mr. Furnace. Don't call them 1st Lcy. Call Mr. Furnace at 204-832-6243. In the Come meantime,
3: on, Pearl Jam fans. Step
1: up. Oh, you want Pearl Jam to take this one home, eh? Yes, yes. Okay. I'd probably go with the Chili Peppers. Would you? Of you these, of these would you? What? Yet.
10: Soundgarden. Chris Cornell has the most amazing voice. I can't believe nobody's voting for Soundgarden.
3: Maybe they you like... Can vote for sound, yeah. if you want Gabby, go ahead. I
10: will do that, Greg. <laughs> I will vote for them. Gabrielle
1: Marchand is here, host of Global News Morning, six a.m. to nine a.m. on Global Winnipeg, Monday through Friday. It's our weekly gab with Gabby. I guess. Oh, we didn't have it last week though because we had the radiothon. So good to see you again, Gabby.
10: Good. Morning, Happy Friday! Sorry, I just jumped in there. I'm so that's, well hey, body. That's what you're here for. Okay, okay.
1: So we had lots of stuff here. You described yourself in our email chain as a scatterbrain. So we have. A, it turns out we have a lot of topics that kind of fit that. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, well, today we're talking about getting locked out.
10: Oh, so many times. You know what? I got to know my neighbors really well as a child because my my parents worked and I would consistently forget my key. I mean, this was like a once a week kind of thing. So I'd head to the house next door. Betty lived there. Uh, she was a widow and um, she would take me in. We'd drink Coke together in her backyard. We'd hang out in the living room if it was cold and thank goodness for her. But I can't tell you how many times I went to the neighbor's house and phoned my mom like, Mom, I forgot my key. And she'd be like, I have a job, you know, and I can't just leave it once a week because you can't remember your key and you're locked out i also broke into my basement one time i was so desperate and i uh, ended up hitting myself in the face with a rake black eye it was a whole thing scatter is it's it's a mess you guys
3: is it scary that i know your neighbor's name from the stories you've told over the last year that <laughs> we've been doing this statement i'm like oh good old betty is back in the picture today
10: <laughs> classic betty oh to be a child again Oh. So you guys, I want to hear from you. Lauren, I feel like you're also a scatterbrain a bit, right? I don't want to, I don't want to label you, but... No, nope, right? you just did, and it's not true.
2: So I don't <laughs> know what you're talking about. I feel like this conversation's over. I'm as organized as they come. No, I told these guys there isn't a place I haven't locked myself out of. Like any workplace, I've forgotten keys. Any workplace, whether it was a part-time job or right now. I don't even know where my pass card is. In fact, I went to go pick up some equipment two weeks ago, and I, I've put my pass card away somewhere. For safekeeping, and I don't know where that is. So it's gone. I've been locked out of the house, out of every single car I've ever owned, all of the above.
10: That makes you delightful, though, and you get to know people I think, that way. I agree. Free spirit, <laughs> everyone. Not? Free spirit.
1: <laughs> I was house-sitting once and uh, because I was taking care of uh, my friend's dog, and uh, I pulled my car into the garage. And I you know, closed the garage door, and I went to go to the house, um, but I had uh, my car keys in my hand, but I forgot their house keys in my car. No. And the key to the garage was also on that key. So I'm looking at the dog in the window who has to go out desperately. I had to call a locksmith. It was like Sunday at 7 p.m. I think I had to track down a locksmith. It cost me a hundred bucks uh, to get back in. And he wouldn't, he was reluctant to open it. He said, this, hold on, this isn't your house? I'm like, yeah, I'm house setting. <laughs> well, how do I know that you're supposed to be here. And so I just held my key fob out and honked, the, made the horn honk. I said, that's my car in there. So if, you if that isn't good enough for you, uh, I don't know what to do. So 100
3: bucks. A likely story he was thinking. I'm getting conned here is what he's thinking. Uh, Gabby, we want to know, like, uh, the phrases that get your hackles up, make you want to fight. For me, it's uh, relax. The word relax does not relax me. What about you?
10: Ooh, that's tough. I haven't really thought about this one. I think as soon as somebody starts involving hand motions, like the like listen and they're holding up their hand, it's not so much phrases. If there are aggressive hand motions accompanying what you're saying in my face, then I feel like I want to fight really? you. Although I'm a lover, not a fighter generally. So it, it takes a lot. But uh, yeah, mm. I hear somebody snapping. Yeah, who's, to, to, who's snapping at me? <laughs> I, I
3: used to love not at all the snapping of the fingers in the service industry or oh, the waving, yeah. the imaginary check mark Oh, that's that people the worst. Would, would refer. And, you know, I, I want my check. And they would be inevitably mouthing the word, check. <laughs> and, and, or they hold up and they shake their uh, empty glass with ice in it. Basically, they want a refill. No, yeah, what's that charades? Don't, come on, you're at a don't restaurant. Don't do that. Do that. Game night. Okay, well, I'm slowing down automatically. What are they supposed to do then? Wait for me to come. I'll come. Service. I'll come and uh, check on you. I, I'm on my way. I'm clearly doing something else at the moment. Okay. I have other tables. You're not the only table. You're not the only person at that table, and you're certainly not the only table I'm looking after. At this moment in time. Brett, I will you, be there in a moment.
10: Are you doing the check? I, I'm looking at Brett, you guys. I can see him. And, and he looks like he's questioning what Greg's saying. So are you a check person? Are no, you doing I'm, not that? A, the, I'm not a
1: check person. Yeah. And I and I would never hold my drink up uh, and, and wave at them. But in the event, there have been some times where I've been the recipient of some terrible service. So in that instance... Oh, when there's bad service, all, all things
3: are off the table. Like, can you
2: make eye contact? You don't think you can even just kind of give like a low hand... You know, signal like you know. Excuse me, not a big way, but like I, I had to make eye con- contact the other day in yeah. a restaurant because she didn't come by for about 15 minutes and she was across the room. And I yeah, just that's kind of bad service, stared then. at her. Felt, <laughs> I'm sure that I got her there very quickly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> sure, she felt it in the back of her
1: neck. Um, Gabby, you 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 have a love of food. You're always talking about all the Doritos that you like to inhale and Cheetos and whatnot. Um, uh, I. Uh, we talked about overeating this week or a time where you like couldn't believe how much you ate You're like wow I'm impressed with myself So you got a story on either of those fronts?
10: I have tales to tell for days, you guys. Whenever it comes to nachos, I consistently overeat, especially if you're making them at home and you got multiple layers going, lots of greasy, greasy, juicy beef and all the toppings. I will keep eating those nachos until I cannot move. That's one food that I cannot stop. And I know I'm full. I know there is a cheese baby in my stomach and it's going to be a rough few days and I won't get into the details, but it's not going to be nice but I just <laughs> keep shoving them in my face.
3: <laughs> it is impossible to stop eating tacos. I would agree. Like, if you have the meat and the cheese and the lettuce and tomato, I, mm. I don't care about the tomato, the salsa and the, all that stuff, it, th- that's one food that is impossible to eat. I'm with you on that one, or uh, to stop eating. Well, and I guess, too, like, if you've prepared a platter,
1: uh, mm. like, if you don't finish it, then it's garbage, right? Like, yes. you can't you can't reheat that, right, Loren?
2: Well, I mean, you could later in the night, but you, not the next day. It's not the same as if, if you make pasta or steak or whatever, and you put that in Tupperware and you have it as a leftover. Nachos aren't great leftovers. I've tried to keep them in the foil, and then you put them in the fridge, and then you put them back in the oven the next day. It doesn't work. Yeah. It's just a waste. Well, so you have to eat them. There's nothing. The,
10: you are doing the world a service by you. rule. Amen, Loren. <laughs> you know what, what we learned today? We're all overeaters, but we're fiscally responsible. We're doing it for everybody else.
1: (laughs) Gabrielle Marchand is the host of Global News Morning, Monday to Friday, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., birthing cheese babies into the world uh, whenever there are nachos. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us, Gabby. She joins us every Friday at (laughs) 9.05.
3: Yikes. Not 34, 24, just so it's clear.
1: It's probably going to feel like that, though. It like, just might. Like, the other day, uh, I was golfing. It was the day that it got up to... No, it was the day before, when it was 24. So the day prior to that, I wore a hoodie and a jacket to work, and then I'm sitting in, like, golf shirt and shorts the next day. I felt like I was burning up because it's just it was like, okay, I got used to the cold, and now it's suddenly hot again. So, yeah, for... 29 degrees might feel like 34 when we get to it, but it's going to be nice. Okay, so we got to give away some Santa Lucia pizza, $20 gift card based on your text messages on getting locked out. We got a couple of runners up here. So many great stories. We just don't have enough time to read them all. Um, Loren, why don't you start us off with Liz because she's got a rather harrowing tale.
2: Locked out story from Liz. It was a work Christmas party. Minus 35. I went out of the house wearing a short dress. As I shut the house door, I realized I had no keys. I had about three minutes before I froze solid. I kicked in a basement window, climbed through. Now I realized I was stuck in the basement. No cell phone. Finally managed to pop the pins on the basement door, got my keys, and left properly. Okay, so she had the basement door locked. That's interesting.
1: Why? Um, maybe they didn't want. Uh, maybe there was a, like a child safety situation. They didn't want maybe. people
3: breaking into the house through the basement.
2: Oh yeah, that's clearly worked. Point. Oh. I was thinking more of a horror situation where, like in the basement, they have someone trapped in there. You know, like in a <laughs> like a really evil member. <laughs> just, just, just to be safe, I went immediately dark.
1: I like okay. it. Uh, Greg, Greg, Dan's got up. Uh, this made me sad.
3: Yes, uh, sorry to share your pain so publicly here, Dan, but uh, you're giving us permission to do so. Way back in 1990, my first serious girlfriend and I went to her cabin. It was a beautiful Saturday. Had a great day. Driving home down 59, we decided to turn into Patricia Beach to have a romantic sunset walk. At least that was the plan. As soon as we got out of the car, I realized as I shut the door that the keys were still inside. This was back in the day when cars didn't have power locks. Ended up hitchhiking a ride after waiting about an hour and a half as the sun goes down. Got a ride back home to the south end of the city. Of course, Patricia Beach is 59 north, right? Where I had to convince my girlfriend at the time, (laughs) at the time is telling, to drive all the way back to Patricia Beach to unlock the car and then drive back to the city in separate cars. (laughs) Predictably, the relationship ended about six (laughs) weeks later. That was my sad lockout story.
1: Oh, Dan, sorry to hear that. This one, this is our winner just because of the sheer... Greg, you had a series of unfortunate events happen yesterday, and Mm. this is a series of unfortunate events. I was driving in the middle of nowhere, says this listener, and I really had to go to the bathroom. I was racing as fast as I could to get to the next town, but no luck. I needed a plan. Luckily I came across a construction area on the road with a porta potty so I pulled the car over run over to the porta potty as quickly as I could only to find it locked Upon Ew. returning to my car I found that I had <laughs> locked my keys and cell phone in the running car Can you imagine the panic the re- and this person says rest of the story can't quite share that but uh, <laughs> Uh, they also say, I just, I'm sorry, I can't reveal my name. Just too much shame. Uh,
10: too much shame.
1: <laughs> Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, right now we want to talk Oktoberfest. I mentioned yesterday, was poking around Instagram on Wednesday, came across an account I like. Rock, Eat, Repeat, which is that of Kristen Moran on our promotions team. She highlights restaurants she visits, concerts, and other fun events happening in the city. And she posted some pics from the German Society of Winnipeg, which has a restaurant inside called Schnitzelhaus. More importantly, though, she was there because it is Oktoberfest. And Greg, I haven't forgotten. You said yesterday that you have a funny, funny story from the German Society, so we'll tell that uh, in a few minutes. But uh, right now, let's say hello to our guest.
3: Chef Craig Gunther from Schnitzelhaus joins us now. Good morning, Craig. Hey, good morning. How are you? We're doing really well. Now, for those that have never been inside that building, the German Association, the German Hall, as we used to call it back in the day, it's a really cool building. How would you describe it?
11: Uh, locked into the 70s and 80s German <laughs> pub style. It is, uh, everybody walks in, they look around, like they, they look up, they look around and go, wow, it's a time capsule.
2: So, I, I actually said to the guys yesterday, they said, let's, we want to book something for Oktoberfest. And they said, yeah, let's. Bo-. And I said, let's book it closer to Oktoberfest because it's not October yet. And I didn't realize that this was ongoing right now. So, why is this happening in September?
11: So, normally what happens is the festival in Germany, they usually tap the keg. It's a two week festival. You watch it on TV, it's a big thing. Uh, usually around the 20, anywhere between the 22nd, 24th, 23rd, something like that. Uh, next year, it was canceled this year, but I figure I just might as well go through with uh, with uh, Octoberfest anyways. But next year, it's tapping the keg on the 17th. It's just after the harvest kind of thing.
1: So it goes into, like, uh, in Germany, it goes into October? Oh,
11: okay. No, it, it, well, it, yeah, it'll run slightly into October just before. So around the 2022nd, they tap the keg. It's a two-week party.
2: Okay. Oh, I feel like this should be Oktoberfest-ish. then. <laughs>
11: Well, we, no, I don't think anybody wants to party for two weeks straight, so I thought, you know, condense it to three days. So, That's
2: a good point. It's a good point, Gunther. Thank you.
1: So you started celebrating on Wednesday. It runs from September 22nd to September 25th. So what's happening for the next uh, couple of days at the German Society?
11: Well, it was, it was a good night last night. Uh, the band was really good. The food flowed. The drinks were flowing. Um, tonight we're almost full. Uh, we're going to be starting to take reservations on the upper deck. So for anybody who's never been to the German Society of Winnipeg, we have a a floor upstairs where it holds 200 another 100 on top so it, it's a big open top and you can look down on the stage uh and see the band so um yeah so i think the floor is pretty much solid already booked for uh, parties and tables and of course it's all covid distancing and so on so that's perfect and we're just now taking reservations for upstairs and food's on uh bands uh, doors open at 5 30 6 when the band goes and if you are shunkling at the table really good times, they're going to go late tonight. <laughs> it's going to be a late night.
3: One of our listeners saying, was there last night? Awesome food, beer, and oh. fun. So there you go, Thanks. Craig. You're uh, inviting people down. Now, my story ties to the location of of the German Association, at German hall. So I was... um wanted to be a DJ back in the day at socials. And so long time ago, uh, this is going back 25 years or so. Tony Braccio, crystal sound says, Hey, why don't you hook oh, up yeah. with one of the guys at the German association? He's doing a social there tonight. You can go and you can help him and you can learn the rope. So I did that. I walked in, saw a bunch of people from high school, junior high. They were buying me drink, having a great time. So that part of the night where the couple does their first dance approaches, The lights go down, the music goes down, and the DJ who's showing me the rope introduces the lovely couple for their first dance of the night as Flora and Charles. He's (laughs) clearly reading the social ticket because that is the location of the German hall, the intersection of Flora and Charles.
11: Yeah, 121 Charles, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's it,
3: awesome. <laughs> it was terrible. Like, I felt so bad. He probably feels terrible every time I tell that story.
11: I love that story. It's a great story.
2: So the building, though, is pretty cool, right? Like, if describe sort of the atmosphere in there, whether it's Oktoberfest or not, Gunther. Like, what when you walk in, what do you see? And then you mention the patio. So what's it all like?
11: Yeah, so, like, you walk into the, the hall, uh, you climb up the stairs, you see the uh, porcelain dolls. Uh, you climb higher up the stairs. You walk in the hall, and it's like a German pub, Kneipe style. It's a massive hall. Uh, deer antlers everywhere. You go up up the third set of stairs. There's a massive uh, um, deer horns, and it's just it's just a, a time capsule stuck in time. It's uh, it's great. People love it when they walk in. And then the pub itself, it has uh, nostalgia all over the walls. The old floor plan of what that used to be a school back in the day. That German club. And they have an old floor plan of what it used to be, and then they converted it. But uh, but when you walk into the pub, it, it's it's got everything of seventies and eighties Germany.
1: Yeah, I've only been in, had the pleasure of being in the building once. It was for Folklorama, and when I walked in, I just thought, "How have I never been here? This would be the best place to host a party with that upper deck that you talk about, the upper yeah, balcony where ahead. you can look down. Absolutely. It's just incredible." And I sat there and drinking beer and watching. Uh, I think it was like some sort of champion yodeler. Just a spectacular time. I did not. Uh, I, I don't recall that I. If I drank my beer out of a big stein though. Like Oktoberfest, they you always see the servers carrying around like eighteen gigantic mugs of beer. Do you serve the beer in those gigantic steins? Uh,
11: no, we no no not this time around. But there are people that bring their own stein to do that. So yeah, for sure. Um, and people, I, I, if people want to bring their own stein, by all means, we'll, uh, we'll put beer in it for you, absolutely.
3: Well, this is great stuff, Craig. Uh, what about the food before we let you go? Like, you know, uh, we're usually hungry by about 8 o'clock. <laughs> 9.30, we're starving. So talk about some <laughs> okay. of the food before we let you run.
11: Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, it's, it's items that we sell in the restaurant anyways, uh, Tuesday to Friday when we're open at 4. Um, it, we got the classic schnitzel. Uh, we have really good bratwurst. Um, and the good classic street food currywurst, like currywurst, really good. Uh, served all with uh, classic sauerkraut. Uh, my my Omas red cabbage, uh, butter spetzel with fresh parsley. Um, yeah, we got sliders. We got classic potato salad, coleslaw, the whole nine yards. It's uh, and it's on the buff uh, on our serving serving tonight.
1: All right, well, Chef Craig Gunther from Schnitzel House and the German Society of Winnipeg joining us live on 680 CJOB. Chef, thank you very much. We appreciate this. Pleasure.
2: And wait, I nice. need to apologize. I've been calling you Gunther through this whole thing, and that's your last name. I don't know why I went right to that. So
11: You're not the only one not to worry at all.
2: It's a cool name, and I think I just stuck with it. So uh, thank you, Chef Craig Gunther.
11: <laughs> Prost, Craig. Prost. <laughs>
3: And Greg, for those who might want to go, where does one go? Flora and Charles, at famous <laughs> intersection, and the ever famous couple, couple. If that couple or anybody that was at that social is listening right now, please text us seven eight zero sixty eight six. I do not. I should okay. have kept that as a souvenir. All the things that I keep as souvenirs, and yeah. I don't have a social ticket from that social. The most memorable <laughs> social in my life, other than my
1: own, for sure. Oktoberfest uh, has been many years in uh, the convention center. In September, uh, which I guess I remember how the evening began. I typically don't quite remember how the evening ended. Mm. Um, big, big, po- there was nothing. There was nothing Octoberfesty about those nights, right? Like it was just a massive convention center party that was named Oktoberfest. Uh, just the band,
3: with- the Oompah band. Ah, yeah, so and, that's right, and, the band. Yeah, and uh, the the Leaderhosen and uh, some of the other associated uh, food was, of course, uh, very German oriented. But I, I agree that the boy, I was going I'd like to say those are some great memories, but um, <laughs> good times. Can we say that? Again, not not so much clear memories. Hundred <laughs> percent.
1: I remember once, um, and of course, because it's a convention center, I always felt bad for. Ah, uh, the women in attendance because the lineups for the oh, washrooms, the washrooms. Yes. would be insane. But the, you'd see the guys, you know, just coming in and out, in and out. But it was the, the bathroom was always packed. And I remember once I was in uh, the stall and I hear this. And it's a, the voice of a young woman saying, get out of there! How long are you going to be in there? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, I'll be, I'll, I'll be a minute? Just yeah. give me
3: a second here? The facilities definitely were not even Stephen. I was speaking to somebody at the dinner party I was at last Saturday. He goes to Oktoberfest on a regular basis in Germany oh, wow. and he tells me that the servers, the women that serve the beer, make so much money there that they actually we take 2 weeks leave of absence from their other jobs to go and serve because they can make hundreds of dollars a day in tips that's how lucrative it is they'll plan their holidays around serving at Oktoberfest in Munich or otherwise
1: they did uh they did the beer the challenge it was a challenge in the amazing race once it yes was, it was you had to i think it was 18 of those mugs. I don't know how they do it, but they carry 18 of those mugs in their hands and they had to figure out how to do it. Cause it weighs something like yeah. 30 or 40 pounds. I think, Oh, I,
3: I can't, Im- like, the, those are, like, they're about two feet tall, right? <laughs> they're huge. Yeah.
4: They I was
2: thinking you were referencing the challenge, like, that Clark Griswold did in the European vacation where he got on stage and had to do the dance to fit in. Oh. He's faking being German, I think, or something like that. <laughs> you don't say. There was a huge fight at the end. Big fight scene.
1: I'm going to have to look that up. That's one of the, I've never seen that vacation, now that I think of it. They're one liter Steins. One, liters. One, one liter. One liter.
3: Yes. Uh, so, how much does a, well, a liter weighs of, of liquid weighs a kilogram, right? I've, so, 2.2 pounds.
1: And then on then top of that, the, the glass itself is not light. There you go. So, that's a lot. So, no wonder they make a lot of money. They are earning it. If they can carry that kind of beer around without breaking a sweat, I would love to try Oktoberfest for real one time. But in the meantime, you can try it at the German Society of Winnipeg at Flora and Charles today and tomorrow. McGarry, McNabb, and Toth. Jim Toth is here. Hello there. Greetings all.
0: Thank you for having me once again. Today is a massive day. I'm getting a haircut later on. <laughs> it oh, has nothing well, to do with the show that I have coming up. However, I just wanted to warn you, if time ceases this afternoon, it's because the angels have stopped time to watch the haircut.
2: Oh
3: boy. Wow. The moneymakers are uh, getting a shear. What's going on? The moneymakers
0: are getting some maintenance, we call
1: it, Macklin. Some maintenance.
0: Mm, Did same. you just say
1: if time yes. stops, it's because the angels have stopped to watch? Correct. Yes. Yeah.
0: That See, might be I always most-
2: knew people liked tooth hair, but to know that you like your own hair as much, like.
0: Uh, it's a blessing and a curse. It's. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of responsibility. Gosh. There are times like today when I need to get in and get it done and the hassle, but hey. So it's like being royalty, you know? you got these (laughs) responsibilities that come with this flow. Anyway, it has nothing to do with the show. Absolutely nothing. So we'll carry on. Um, Hospital wait times. We're going to continue that, uh, Brittany Greenslade's piece. And I'll ask people if you've recently uh, had to wait or didn't wait because the wait was too long. So we'll get some texts and calls on that. Eileen Ball is going to join us from 630 Chet in Edmonton. I want to delve into these COVID numbers that... um, herd immunity party and Edson and just the the prognosis because I think a lot of Manitobans are shaking their heads at what's going on in Alberta and Saskatchewan and it's the same but different because Alberta did take some of our ICU patients at one time during this pandemic. But I think doing it this time sort of strikes Manitobans wrong because of what we knew at the time when Alberta reopened up and what they're going through. So Eileen will break down the situation there and, and we'll see what the um, what's going on with everything there. Marion Cooper, the executive director of Canadian Mental Health Association, is going to join us. The province has launched some roundtables to develop an action plan for mental health. And I heard you conversation on the start today around just people feeling distant or, or, um, you know, uh, just going through some things, uh, the impact of the lockdown and everything like that. So we'll delve into these roundtables and what the province uh, is doing with Marianne Cooper, but also ask her about some of the things that that at this point in the pandemic, how people are dealing with that. Derek Ingram, Team Canada's amateur Olympic and pro golf coach, is going to join me to talk about the Ryder Cup, which is underway. I know you gentlemen are... Hot on that, I know Loren will spend endless hours in front of the TV watching it this weekend as Googling well. Googling
2: it right now, the Googling rider it. top is about horses. Get on
0: that R
2: Y D. E-R. E-R. I know what the Ryder Cup—it's golf. You and know I'm the
0: winner of the Ryder Cup? Didn't care 30 cup.
2: seconds ago, and but whatever. I know lots of people. The love it. Winners, it's the international thing, right?
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. It's competition: Europe versus North America, and the winners not only get a piece, but an entire flapper pie to themselves.
2: Oh, get out of uh, here! And finally,
0: finally, is this
2: just two continents against one another. This yes, is an international. Yeah. Then, did they it's, not golf in any other continent?
0: Well, it's sort of like international competition, although it's North America, Europe, so it's kind of like the Olympics of golf where you go up against the different countries and it's team golf too, eh? So you have to, your score matches up against um, the other people and it's head-to-head competition.
3: Just watch it, McNabb, you'll love it. It's four golfers in, two golfers
0: out, McNabb.
3: It's like a cage match of golf. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That's <laughs> all. Wow. That's fine. We'll, we'll keep the flapper pie and the Ryder Cup watching to ourselves. Well, hopefully
0: then. those who continue to listen at 10 are more
1: enthusiastic than Loren right now. Jim
0: Toth.
2: I'm going to watch now and provide some really great analysis Monday. And
1: Excellent. congratulations, Jim. That hair comment about the Angels might just be the most arrogant thing I've ever heard anybody say. <laughs> it's not me. But I'm you, not arrogant. It's the hair speaking. <laughs> but you owned it. He just owns it i'm very down to earth it's my hair you can't
0: talk to the hair it's like the ron burgundy of hair
1: hey thanks for listening to the start podcast we are available on apple podcast google podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts subscribe now and never miss an episode and if you like what you hear rate the show tell us what you think